countdown to the last comic shop in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Oh, it is more time for more of the last comic shop. I think you need to put some WD-40 on that door there opening the shop up to newbies to help them find their way under this cobwebby tent of comics. Yeah, we need to get a maid in here, dust a little bit or something. That's right. (laughs) We're keeping the lights on as well for the oldies. So old, some might say undead. Ooh. Are they our mummies or our daddies? (laughs) Aye, aye, aye. I'm the host with the most, Andy Larson. I'm joined by Chad Smith and Jay Scott. And again, we're hoping that you're enjoying this lead up to the wonderful second most popular holiday now ever after Christmas. Like, it's like Christmas and Halloween and then that's it. Like, Thanksgiving's been put in the rear. It (laughs) depends on who you talk to. Either way, they all start like four months before the day actually happens. Yeah. Seriously, I, I, I joked about it that like, People were getting out their Halloween stuff right after Labor Day, but no, there were people getting their Halloween stuff out right after Labor Day. Like, no, it's time for pumpkin spice and <laughs> sexy pumpkin Halloween hats. costumes. Those Halloween stores that occupy vacant mall stores. Yeah. Where do they come from? Where are they the rest of the time? They have like these vans and they just drive around with nothing in the back except all the spirit Halloween stuff. They're like gypsies on the road. <laughs> That's a used Rite Aid. We can set up shop there. <laughs> but in any case, uh, again, we're hoping that you're enjoying uh, all this month. We're, we've got Halloween sort of related books except actually the week of halloween that's going to be a black adam book i don't know why the rock put out his movie then because everybody wants to dress like the rock it's halloween still (laughs) all right we're all men and women and rocks this week is no different we've got another wonderful halloween kind of related and it's one that we have been talking about i i have to think like a year at this point I think last Halloween, we said we were going to do this, and finally this week you get it. Chad, it was your pick. What are we reading this week? We are reading the best Punisher story of all time! Well, half of it. We'll get into that. Uh, (laughs) We are reading Frankencastle. Much to J.A. Chagrin, or maybe, I don't know, maybe actually now that he's read it, he actually likes it. I I don't know. We'll, We'll get to that when we get to our review. But for the opening segment of today's show, I thought that we would trick-or-treat some of our fans by doing another weekly poll recap. Right, J.A.? Yeah, we just did polls last week. I don't have any data yet. Give me some time to get some data. Well, if you don't have polls, then what do you got for us instead? Didn't people reverse poll us? We got all those questions in from uh, fellow podcasters. Oh, yeah, we did. Some folks were feeling sad that our Archive Rama 3000 broke down and that we lost all of the voicemail messages. So, yeah, they decided to send us other ones. So, today, I, I guess, yeah, on today's program, it'll be a treat to uh, basically plug some other podcasts by saying these are wonderful folks that we interact with on social media And they have wonderful shows, and they were nice enough to write some questions for us. So first off, we're going to start off with Galactic Dads. Uh, We're all dads on this podcast, maybe not as galactic as they are. 
But they're definitely cool folks, and they've got a wonderful show out there, so make sure that you check them out. But here was their question. Hey everyone, it's B from the Galactic Dads Podcast. I'm happy to be on the Last Comic Shop Podcast with a good question for you guys. Given the recent passing away of three great all-time comic book artists, we're talking Neil Adams, George Perez, and Tim Sale, was your favorite piece of cover art from each of those artists, and why? And then my next question for you guys is, what is the best comic book crossover of all time? I'm dying to hear it. I can't wait to hear you guys answer this on the podcast. Thanks so much, guys. All right, so those were the questions. Uh, So I guess, you know, in the interest of time, I think we won't give all of our favorites from each of those wonderful artists. I think each of us should take one, right, guys? So why doesn't J.A. go first uh, with uh, George Perez? Well, when I think of George Perez covers, obviously you've got that incredible Crisis on Infinite Earths cover with Superman holding dead Supergirl. Another really great one was he did Infinity Gauntlet number one. Uh, Yeah. But I got to say my favorite cover is the new Teen Titans 39 with Robin and Wally West Kid Flash walking away and their costumes are just thrown across the cover. And and all you see is their backs as they're walking away. They've quit the new Teen Titans. It's oh. just, and Robin's like Robin's shirt is hanging off the T of the new Teen Titans logo, and the, the rest of the panel is all white. So all these costume bits are are just popping off the the page. It's just great. Nice, nice. All right, Chad, what's your what's your favorite Neil Adams? Oh, Neil Adams is almost difficult because he's done so much great work. Whether it was the Batman, uh, Rosé Ghoul stuff. Or there's a really awesome world's finest with Superman with green, like kryptonite hands punching Batman. Uh, but really, it has to go to the best cover, the best comic of all time Superman versus Muhammad Ali. I have not looked at a cover longer and more than I have looked at Superman versus Muhammad Ali. And every time I examine it, I find more to it. And it's just so fun and so of its time. Neil Adams is just at the the peak of his craft uh, when he was making this cover. It is a thing of beauty. It's 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 the best one. We did a whole part of a show just talking about that cover with all the the cameos and yeah, you're right. It's I'm it's still the- looking for John Wayne with a mustache. <laughs> Well, for Tim Sale, just like uh, Neil Adams and George Perez, tons of really great ones. I can think of like the cover for Spider-Man Blue issue two with Spider-Man in kind of the foreground and he's swinging and you've got uh, Gwen Stacy's uh, blonde hair and and, and beautiful face in in the background. That's a wonderful cover. You've got the cover for uh, Daredevil Yellow, book three, stepping into the ring where Matt Murdock's shaking hands and you've got, you know, the yellow daredevil in the far background. But honestly, one of the the most interesting covers, and I think it fits because of the Halloween season we're going through right now, is the cover for the first issue of Batman Long Halloween, which is just basically a black cat curled around the most demonic looking jack-o'-lantern that you'd ever want to come across. Like it is... A sincerely wonderful image. It doesn't have a superhero on it, but it conveys a lot of that gothic horror that that series will be famous for. I mean, if you 
had a Halloween party and you put that up on the wall, I think everyone would agree that's a great cover. His second question was, what's the greatest crossover of all time? Real quickly, Chad, greatest car crossover of all time? Uh, the first Secret Wars. Can't go wrong with the first Secret Wars. They bring all the toys together, literally and comic bookily, and they smash them up. It's great. Okay. J.A., best crossover? Obviously, Deathmate. Wow. <laughs> uh, I think I would... I'd have to go... Pro- I mean... I really liked uh, Valiant's crossover, the original um, Unity crossover, but I think I've got to go to uh, Infinity Gauntlet. Well, I, I think I'll stay with Marvel. And and again, I, I will say New, uh, New Teen Titans X-Men, that's a really, oh. really great cut crossover, like an awesome crossover. But the one that I still remember the most is actually the second Secret Wars, especially now that the incursions are a big thing. Like, my gosh. Wait, 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 stop. Nah. <laughs> you do not mean Secret Wars 2. You mean the second Secret Wars. Right, right. The, the Jonathan, Jonathan Hickman. Hickman. Jonathan yeah, okay. And, and, and yes, it was because I read all of Fantastic Four, as I've mentioned before, all of the Avengers leading up to it, and that was such a capstone to that awesome, like, nearly a decade of reading comics. That last issue, and everyone lives still some of the best comic booking i've ever seen yeah and i'm gonna change my answer no you were right the x-men versus teen titans crossover is one of the best comic books of all time yeah that's my pick done in one beautiful all right well we've got our second uh, question here and this one actually comes from the online warriors who just uh, typed it out so i'll read it for everyone here so give me one second if there was one comic being created about your life who would you want to draw and write it so if somebody was going to write and draw a comic book about your life who would you want to write and draw it i guess i guess honestly i guess who would you want like you know somebody draw a portrait of you i guess i mean that's that's the that's the way i took the, the question so uh writing i don't know uh Somebody that would make my life a lot more interesting than it is, because <laughs> it's not very good. Uh, Jay, let's start with artist. If you were going to have anybody draw your, any comic book artist draw your portrait or something, who would you want it to be? Oh, um, I, I, I had an answer, and now I've gone back on that answer, because my answer was going to be I was going to do an art writer-artist, then boom, I've got them both covered by one guy. But... Portrait-wise, if I had one portrait by a comic book artist to hang in my house, I would want a Bill Sienkiewicz. Ooh. Oh, nice. That is a good pick. Won't lie. That would look interesting. Chad? Uh, so, actually, I have my whole team picked out already. And that's I'm just going to say, because I have the whole team, it's why I'm not picking Rob Liefeld. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, otherwise, that, that'd be my go-to. But uh, my team has already been a preformed comic team. You've seen their work on Daredevil. You've seen their work on Black Widow. Uh, you've seen their work on Captain America. It is Mark Wade as the writer who can capture the essence of just about anybody and anything and make it fun. Uh, and Chris Somni, whose style is so elegant. And it would really bring the touch of class that someone like me deserves. <laughs> My life story. Oh, you know what? I would love to meet Chris Tomney now and say, you have to draw Chad with uh, his hand reaching out 
giving somebody a jar of Grey Poupon. <laughs> that, that touch of class! It's, he, he finds the essential elements, and he's such a great storyteller. Boy, there, there couldn't be a better pick. Yeah. Well, when it comes to artists, there's so many that I could think of. If, I, if this was 10 years ago, it would be no question. It probably made Mike Allred... <laughs> But I think I've changed, similar to J.A.'s pick, just because I think the the, the picture would be awesome. Uh, I would go with Mobius. If I could have anybody draw my picture, it would be Mobius, just simply because, wow, that would be an interesting-looking portrait, completely different than anybody else. And I guess if you're doing Mobius, I'll go and say the writer would be Stanley. Let's go with Stanley Bombast. If you're going to write my my life and make it interesting get some good old stanley excelsior it's all exclamation points ja what what would have been your writer anyways well you know me i like the cosmic stuff so i'd probably have to go somebody like jim shooter oh not jim starland not jim starland jim starland too or that's a good that's a good point maybe jim starland well, you know your gyms. You love your gyms. So, any case. And it's now time for our third question. And hey, look, it looks like they're coming into the shop. Hey, guys. JVD here from the Villains Man with a question for you guys at the last comic shop. You know, I like the way it smells in here. It smells like old comics. You know, you can smell the, that they were loved and treasured. But anyways, my question for you guys is, with your favorite character, what would you change about their continuity to make them better in your eyes? And also... Would they agree or disagree that a hot dog is a sandwich? Thanks, guys. <laughs> he didn't even stick around to pick up his pool pile books. Oh, man. They were right over there. Why didn't you pick them up, Jamie? Uh, that's Jamie Lee, of course. Uh, wonderful, wonderful guy. Does some fantastic podcasts uh, that you should listen to, such as Crossover Collisions and uh, Dead, uh, Deadly uh, Podcast of Kung Fu, which is all about Shang-Chi and Iron Fist. That's a great but, but, yeah, he's over at the Villain's Demand, so check all of it, out all his stuff. Uh, but, yeah, guys, if you were going to change one part of any character's continuity, what would it be? And we'll save that second question for last. But first, the uh, continuity. J.A.? Well, my favorite character is the Silver Surfer, and this one's easy. I'd just get rid of the whole Dan Slot era of the Silver Surfer. Ah! Get rid of it! That's funny, Jay, because that's my answer, too. I would get rid of the whole damn slot era of Spider-Man. <laughs> oh, wow. That's a double slam. Oh, poor Dan Slott. Not even here to defend himself. Nah, I, I, I'm fine with Dan Slott. Even though I didn't read much of it, I, he can still be on the Fantastic Four. Who cares? Yeah, so uh, with my answer, uh, it's it simply put, uh, I wouldn't have had uh, Vision and Scarlet Witch break up. Because I like them as a couple. And I think they work. Or, or, or maybe I would have had them break up and eventually they would have got back together. I, I, I don't know. I just never is she liked a mutant they... again, or is she still not a mutant? I don't know, honestly. I, that's part of the continuity that I don't understand. Never, I would have had Bendis not even come into the picture, not blow up Vision, no white Vision. That's all garbage. Yeah, just have Vision and Scarlet Witch together, and more Machine Man. That's a change of continuity, but they should they should make him an original member of the Avengers. How about that? <laughs> So, in any For, case, is Silver Surfer consider a hot dog a sandwich? Well, you know when he was a bum at the beginning of Silver of Silver Surfer Parable with the Mobius 
comic, you guaranteed that he ate hot dogs, so he would consider it a sandwich. <laughs> okay. Chad, do you think Peter Parker considers a hot dog a sandwich? I'm sure he's eating a ton. Oh, he eats hot dogs all the time. I don't think he's a monster. Uh, no, I bet he just thinks a hot dog is a hot dog. Anyway. Well, I don't know if Vision would consider a hot dog a sandwich. He is logical. You know, he, he, he just pride himself on being a logical individual. So I would think he would say, yes, logically, a hot dog is a sandwich because it is meat on a piece of bread. And even if it's squished together or smooshed together, it's still a sandwich. So I think he would. Now, Scarlet Witch, on the other hand, she is a monster at times, so I'm sure that she would go with Chad and think, no, this is, this is... <laughs> She's also European. Oh. Her, her hot dogs come with paprikash. <laughs> what? <laughs> hey, guys, if you like our this segment and you want to send us a question, go make sure that you just email us at uh, lastcomicshoppodcast at gmail.com or just check us out on social media. Send us a DM with your question and we'll read it on another upcoming show. Disturbing note I learned while Googling. In Into the Spider-Verse, in Spider-Ham's world, the hot dogs are made of humans. (laughs) They're Soylent Green hot dogs. They're made of people! (laughs) We'll be right back with more of The Last Comic Shop and Frankencastle. He likes hot dogs. Frankenbeans. Did the Iron Fist Netflix series leave a bad taste in your mouth? Are you caught up in the hype of Shang-Chi and the Legends of the Ten Rings? Have you ever wondered what these characters' true origins and adventures are like, but you don't have the time to read through hundreds and hundreds of issues? Then subscribe to the deadly podcast of Kung Fu where I, JVD, traverse the continuity of Marvel's most prolific martial artists in Iron Fist and Shang-Chi. Each week I break down a story arc and discuss the good and the bad within the pages to save you hours of reading through comics so you can focus on the best of which each character has to offer. New episodes drop every Wednesday for you to listen to on your way to your local comic book shop to pick up your pull list. Hi everyone, I'm Nerd Bomber. And I'm Tactic, and we're two of the hosts of the Online Warriors podcast. Our podcast started as a way for three best friends to keep in touch and discuss their nerdy hobbies like movies, gaming, tech, and more. Since then, we've grown into a great community. Every Wednesday, we chat about the latest nerdy news before getting hands-on with our weekly nerdy adventures. And don't forget our high-stakes trivia game. Come join the fun at OnlineWarriorsPodcast.com and every major podcast platform. And now, back to the show. All right, we're back with more of The Last Comic Shop, and it is now time for a read pile review. Yes, instead of giving you candy at The Last Comic Shop, we give you comic book talk about stuff that we read that maybe you have, maybe you haven't. But at the end of the episode, I think you should go out to your local comic book shop and pick up because it's maybe good. I don't know. We haven't got to that part of the show yet. Any case, we're doing with the Legion of Monsters. Which is great, because I love the Legion of Monsters. So I've been looking forward to this one for a long time. In any case, Chad, who did this? Which I The, the version that we read is the complete collection, so it has everything. So, yeah, it, it spreads out over about 12 issues. You start off with Dark Reign, The List, The Punisher, by Rick Remender, John Romita Jr., and Klaus Janssen. Uh, and then you get into the Punisher series proper, and it has issues 11 through 21. And there's also a crossover with Dark Wolverine. When is it Dakin? Dakin? Oh, I'd say Dakin. 
Darkin. Yeah, Bacon would have an eye. Darkin. Uh, anyway, so Dark Wolverine issues 88 and 89. So on the Frankencastle series, issues 11 through 14, 16 and 19 are uh, written by Rick Remender with art by Tony Moore with Mike Hawthorne and Dan Barrington providing extra breakdowns or painted pages. Punisher 15 and Frankencastle 17 are written by Rick Remender with art by Roland Boshi. Frank Castle 18, the artist was Jeff Hefte Paulo. On to Dark Wolverine, that was written by Daniel Way and Marjorie Liu with art by Steven Segovia and Paco Diaz with thanks by Cam Smith, Guillermo Ortego and Paco Diaz. On Frankencastle 20, we're back to recommender writing with art by Tony Moore, Paco Diaz, and John Lucas. And then Frankencastle 21, uh, it was recommender once again with Dan Barrington, Andrea Muti, and Luca Malison on art duties. Mm, that is that is quite a lot of creators on this particular project. Uh, will our 10 cent synopsis be just as long, J.A.? I don't think so, honestly. No, it's essentially... Uh... Frank Castle, the Punisher, is killed, dies, is brought back from the dead by the um, Legion of Monsters. They bring him back as a Frankenstein monster. Uh, there's also a monster hunter that is killing all monsters, and Frankencastle helps defend and fight with the Legion of Monsters against the monster hunter and his stereotypical Japanese monster hunter uh bad guy soldiers who all run around saying hi all the time <laughs> the science squad yeah hey they've had their countryside destroyed by kaiju so many times i feel like they have some sort of need for, for revenge i i would think i mean I, that's just me and it, and again this is uh kind of a tale of two books for me, honestly, I think that's where I'm going to start off my initial thoughts, is that, boy, there were some issues in this that were really great. I'll start off with that first issue with basically this fight between uh, Wolverine's kid, Dakin, Dakin. Dakin, uh, Dakin. It's like Dakin and eggs. Um, no. It's, uh, no. The reason I love that so much is because it's got wonderful John Romita Jr. art and things. Brutal that, John Romita art. It's it's gorgeous still, and it's like if anything, this amazing Spider-Man run that's currently going on has rekindled my love of John Romita Jr. art. So I was like all excited to read this, and I was like, "Ooh, this looks good," and it's a good fight, and Punisher. Gets his ass kicked, which is something I've always wanted to see, honestly. So, and then that bleeds into the next couple of issues, which are wonderful. There's a lot of ideas that Rick Remender is playing with in those next couple issues. Like he builds like the Legion of Monsters have their own city and their own civilization. And they all work together and kind of support each other. And it's really nice. And Frankencastle is kind of like... It's almost like one of those Sergio Leone westerns where he's like the gunslinger that's brought in, hired by the farmers, except he's made into a Frankenstein monster. But he's there to save the town pretty much from this monster hunter. So it's really cool. And it, it's got an interesting villain. It's got an interesting Punisher uh, as he tests to take these pills. I, I'm gushing about those first couple issues because the rest of it is. Eh. But let's get to J.A. and Chad. That's. I'll save my criticisms for after they say. What do you what did you think of the first couple of issues here, guys? 
Oh, they had me where they do the uh, the cannonball special, but instead of Colossus throwing Wolverine, it's Frankencastle throwing Man Thing. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> it was kind of like Donnie Cates. Like, you know what I mean? It was like that batshit crazy stuff from the 90s that you just wanted to see in a comic book, but you didn't know you wanted to see it until it actually happened. What blows my mind about this whole thing is this is happening in continuity. This isn't like something that's some out there special, you know, dark world DC thing that's not real. This is continuity, Frank Castle. Yeah, they literally killed him and then they find a way of bringing him back. And it all kind of makes sense. And he goes through this story arc. Uh, Chad, what did you think of the first couple issues? I should preface all of my statements by saying I hate the Punisher as a character, as a leading character, I should say, uh, just because for whatever reason, the Punisher is the one guy that strains credulity for me, where this guy, there's no way he should be more than just, uh, you know, guests appearance every now and again. But like if he was out there consistently shooting criminals, eventually somebody's going to shoot him in the face. Yes, I, that's I, I don't know why that's always bothered me. And I, every other superhero thing I let go. So this story, it starts off with that brutal John Romita fight scene, which it's John Romita art in the rain, which is the best John Romita art. But no, it is so brutal and so vicious and so just tough guy cool. If you are going to enjoy a Punisher story, like this is one for you. And this was also one of my favorite times in comic books because you're coming out of Civil War and then Norman Osborn is rising up to power. And what's the first thing you do once he gets power? You know, he takes shield and turns it into hammer and goes after everybody who's ever wrong. But uh, from there, they take the Punisher's character that they didn't like. They chop him up into bits and these monsters come and they reassemble him. It's so fun. And it plays with the ridiculousness of the Punisher and that whole idea in a way that, that's entertaining and actually makes me care about the Punisher because he's doing stuff, you know, because, you know, he wants to be the hero because he wants to help. And they keep drawing the parallels between him and the main villain and be like, oh, yeah, these monsters killed his family. And so now he's hell bent on revenge. And like, remind you of anybody? Yeah. And, you know, the Punisher is the one guy who doesn't know fear when he touches the man thing. And so he can do the cannonball special. And Morbius has the bloodstone and he's not telling anybody. And it's like, for the most part, these monsters are this family, but you can see them screwing things up all the time. And I'll, I'll admit, whenever I sat down this week to read my books, I wasn't even really feeling it. I was like, oh, I have to read Frankencastle. And then I read those first five issues, I think it is, with the Rick Remender and the Tony Moore after the list. And, like, they make this whole selection worth it. Even the, the Dan Barrington, like, they go back in history and trace uh, the bad guys, you know, back in with the early the, 1900s. Ulysses Bloodstone. For yeah. folks that the folks that want to break out their handbook to the Marvel universe. <laughs> and yeah, it's just, it's so much fun and it's so ridiculous and it's great. And then Frank leaves the Island and it becomes a like traditional Punisher stories for a bit. And it's like, Oh, this sucks. Well, before we get to that, cause I'm going to say it the same thing. J.A., did you have anything else to say about those first couple issues? Anything more to gush? Unless you're well, unless I you mean, like and being, you know, being a big, x-men guy i love that it was set in the old morlock tunnels and you even had 
some Morlocks. So there was a bit of sort of parallels between the monsters being extinguished by the monster hunters and the Morlocks being extinguished by the Reavers. And I like that. And they played with that. They even had a, a character who's in the original Mutant Massacre, that mute little mutant kid shows up and, and he's the one to sort of bridge the gap and, and bring Frankencastle, who just wants to go away and doesn't want to bother with any of these things. He gives him some skin in the game because he, he bonds with Frankencastle and, and, and Frankencastle Sh- bonds with him. He shares a Snickers bar with him like in those commercials. Aww. Yes. And then he gets shot and killed and Frankencastle's angry. Yeah, that's what happens in those gunslinger movies. I mean, you and I have watched enough of them, J.A. That's what happens. Like, you got that lone gunfighter that comes to town. He doesn't want to be bothered with the problems, but then he bonds with the one kid who ends up getting, you know, and he's like, all right, now now you made me angry. Now he flies on the back of a dragon to attack this, <laughs> this castle. It's... You know what it is? It's like if you've ever read any other Rick Remender, which I have, because there was a, a there was a period of like two or three years where that was all I was reading. I couldn't get enough Rick Remender. It was about the time I was reading Rick Remender's uh, Fear Agent. I was reading uh, Rick Remender on Uncanny Avengers. I was reading his like uh, Last Days of American Crime. All these great books that Rick Remender did, Black Science. And at the end of the day, he does kind of have this interesting mix of ridiculousness and nihilism nihilists you know what i mean like that's he is because everything is kind of like death people on their last legs or it seems very bleak like that there's no way out for most of these characters like the only way is is the grave and yet they they figure out some way of, of of getting out on the other side and i think that's an interesting dichotomy with the with the humor with the humor bits and the mix of that nihilism. But then all of that goes off the rails. Right after they kill this big bad guy in the, the steampunk awesomeness in the pits of hell. And you have Manphibian with his great scene. Didn't you know my brain was in my neck? Like that. <laughs> that was the best. But yeah, then it becomes, to, to Chad's point, it was a, a traditional Punisher book. He goes after, like, the people that wronged him. Like, he fights with Wolverine and a construction yard, and it's garbage. It's I, hot garbage. I didn't mind the Wolverine or the Dakin as much, just because that it was the whole cartoon, like, raising levels of ridiculousness, where he gets hit by a car, and he gets hit by a bus, and running with bus saws, and, like... You know, it, it becomes a car, you know, a cartoon at that point. And then they give you that last issue where they bring it back home to Monster Island and wrap things up. But uh, there was that one issue in there where he goes after Lady Gorgon. I read that and I was like, oh no! <laughs> All right, Jay, did you like did you like the second half of this series? No, I, it was a bit hit and miss for me. I mean, Chad's always going on how he doesn't like artists changing in the middle of a book, like he's he's getting into one artist and i get that this is across a lot of different properties so that's why you're going to have different artists i wasn't a big fan of that and i agree with a lot of what you said about the second half of this was a bit it's just kind of it's not as fun it wasn't as camp um it didn't play with the monster tropes enough but what makes up for it was that last issue that dessert out of this whole meal that we had just had was just ridiculously beautiful. 
the art in that final issue where he's on Monster Island and he's becoming Punisher again. You know, and they send him there so that the Bloodstone can basically heal him and, and turn him back into regular Punisher. So then, then they can carry on with Punisher books. Just for the art alone, that last issue is worth reading. And it I mean, lets you know at the, at the end, whenever he's back to regular Punisher, it's like, oh, I don't need to read Punisher books anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it is true. And there were some good parts of that. I mean, you're right. The, the art is actually absolutely tremendous. Yeah, it's the art is like this throwback to the Bronze Age, you know, mo- old monster story books. It's like painted covers, painted panels, really fluid, oily. I don't know. I mean, I guess it's it's oils. It looks like oil on canvas oils, a lot of them. Yeah. It, just, it, it definitely has that painterly quality. And and you and 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 there are some good parts to it too in terms of the storytelling. I like the fact that like the Bloodstone is taking over the Punisher and amping him up to be like yeah, like, I'm now ready to punish everybody, even, you know, preemptive crimes, like, every, you know, because he's being taken over by the demon. And I think that's, like, that's playing in the lanes of who the Punisher is. Like, what, what, when is the Punisher, I guess, too much or goes over to that other side where he's no longer even remotely noble? And don't forget, you had Elsa Bloodstone teaming up with the Legion of Monsters. How yeah. cool was that? It is cool. I mean, they had Werewolf by Night, and they had uh, Living the Mummy. Amphibian. Yeah. I, uh, they're all these great. I mean, they're, they're, the, they're the Marvel version of the Universal Monsters, and, and it's so great. And I'm sure there's some fans that will be picking up. It's Morbin time. <laughs> they got lots of Morbies. Jared Leto all over the place. No, it's... In any case, we'll be right back with more of the last comic shop right after these commercial breaks. We're going to get in our ratings for Frankie Castle, so stay tuned. Has this ever happened to you? You're in bed, drifting off, and suddenly think, Who would win in a tug-of-war match between Superboy and Merlin? Did Marvel ever try to make a long-haul trucker into a superhero? How would it work out if I named my dog after a D-list supervillain? The answers in order are Merlin. Yes. And amazing. I'm Jessica. And I'm Mike. And we host the podcast Ten Cent Takes, a show that looks at weird, silly, and cool moments from comics and how they're woven into the larger fabric of history. Moments like the time Superman shilled for Radio Shack. When Archie got tempted by the devil. Oh, and then there was that time that DC Comics gave a superhero AIDS in an effort to be topical. It's always weird around here, but we'd like to think it's also interesting. So come with us and commit random acts of pop culture archaeology, one issue at a time. If you'd like to learn more, head over to TenCentTakes.com. Hey, hey, we are back with more of The Last Comic Shop, and it is now time for our ratings, where uh, we hope that you don't toilet paper our house if you happen to like Frankencastle and one of us gives us a bad grading. But, you know, these things happen, and it is that time of year. Uh, J.A., what is our one out of four scale for this week? One out of four bloodstones. Ooh, yeah. Everyone needs to shove a bloodstone into their dying chest. And, and <laughs> I, ate some, I ate some whole peanuts once. I had some bloodstones. Yeah! Pepto-Bismol will help with the bloodstone. That's true. <laughs> uh, so, Chad, this was your pick this week. Uh, how many bloodstones you giving it, buddy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I... Love it. As long as you stop after issue 16, 
and then skip ahead to issue 21. So all the Frankencastle stuff on Monster Island, and starting with the list, with that brutal scene. And for me, the Punisher only works when he is a monster, even regular Punisher. Like Greg Rucka did a run where he was like a force of nature, uh, or he'll pop up in Daredevil or Spider-Man sometimes just as this thing that comes up and creates chaos. And that is my Punisher. And Rick Remetter was able to distill that into, you know, this campy, ridiculous form that, that worked so well for me. And so because I love the list and issues 11 through 16 of Punisher, I'm going to ignore the stuff that I didn't like willfully. I'm going to say this is four star stuff. It's just so fun and ridiculous. Now, if we were to include, uh, ironically, once they renamed the book Frankencastle, where it starts sucking, that would drag that number way down. But I'm not going to include it. I'm just, I'm, I'm going to gonna ignore it. I, I say skip it. Understand there's a crossover where he fights Wolverine, and that's ridiculous. You want to flip through those pages, that's fine. But uh, don't stay too long. Just go to the good stuff. Because uh, that's that's where the four is. The rest oh. of it, uh, All yeah. right. J.A., are you going to rate the whole book? Or are you going to cheat like yes, Chad did? I'm going to rate the whole book. Because you can't just ignore that giant middle third. Yeah, I you're can. Looking at. I can. If I was just rating the last issue, it would be a four. But I'm not rating just the last issue. I'm rating the whole thing. So I'm going to give it three bloodstones. Because... It's fun. It's campy. It's the first time that Punisher has ever been comedic, I think. And again, I can't repeat this enough. He throws man thing like a cannonball. It's awesome. That being said, there's this whole story where he's in Japan fighting Wolverine's son and Wolverine shows up and Wolverine's son wants to kill Wolverine, but Wolverine, he's still his son, so he can't let anybody else kill him. And then they're always trying to throw somebody into cement and nothing gets thrown in cement. And then they're all running from the cops because suddenly the cops are like the, like, what are they? High school students out after dark? I, I didn't understand that. They're superheroes. They're super powerful beings. Why are they suddenly worried that the cops are coming? Ugh. Anyways, yeah, it's three. All right. I'm going to go even lower. I'm going to say this is a two. And part of it is because, uh, again, I was looking forward to this series so much that I I felt like, wow, this is going to be the best thing ever. Uh, And then it turns out that it was for a little while. And then... It was like starting off your Halloween trick-or-treating and getting a couple king-sized candy bars. Next thing you know, you go to the next house, and they give you, I don't know, some Necco wafers. And the next house, they give you an orange. And you're like, what is going wrong with this trip? Like, this is getting progressively worse as we go along here. Why didn't I just stop after the couple king-sizes? And the problem with the fact that it stops... And comes to like this grinding halt with all of that Lady Gorgon and, and and Wolverine's son battles and all that garbage is Rick Remender was building a really interesting universe. He was. Like this whole city where all the monsters live. I could have spent like 50 issues there. I didn't even oh, need yeah. Frankencastle anymore. I wanted to know all about their society. I wanted them to find out, like, do they have their version of the X-Men? Is that the Legion of Monsters? Well, great. Go do that. You know, have Frank Castle, you know, go on missions for them as they're trying to protect 
this uh, haven for all of the outcasts in the Marvel society. I, I thought that was wonderful stuff. And you don't get any of that. He goes to hell, he fights the, the steampunk dude, and then it comes to a grinding halt, just as it was starting to get interesting. You know, yeah, he sold me. I, I, it Give me two and a half bloodstone. Taking away half a bloodstone. I'm see? ripping it out and of the even chest. Even that last issue with that wonderful art, it doesn't save it. It's, it's too little too late at that point. And you're just like, no, I've already checked out. Thank you, Frank and Castle, for a vision of potentially a great series that ended up just being an illusion at the end. Or, I don't know what you guys are talking about. Those five issues are great. This heavy <laughs> stuff doesn't it's not even a thing. It's not even a thing. It's a phantasm. That's like right. We, we saw that it was like a UFO we saw in the backyard. We don't have definitive picture evidence, so it doesn't exist. You have been haunted by several additional pages that really don't matter. It's not a thing. <laughs> All right. Well, one thing that we're hoping that you are haunted with is some of our recommendations. And when I mean haunted, I mean that you actually remember them. They haunt you when you're at the local comic book shop and you're like, oh my gosh, I got to go pick these up. So yeah, we've got a couple of those for you. And we're going to start off with one comic book you can't get through the Halloween season without reading. And it comes from J.A. Scott. So J.A., what is your recommendation? So I am recommending Dark Horse's Hellboy Omnibus Volume 1, Seed of Destruction. This is by Mike Mignola, and it includes Seed of Destruction, which has a script by John Byrne, Wolves of St. August, The Chained Coffin, Wake the Devil, and Almost Colossus. It's the original sort of founding stories of Hellboy, what else can you say? It's great, gothic, perfect for Halloween. Yeah, storytelling, no, I, comic booking. You don't booking. have to sell me on Mike Mignola art or the fact that that is, in some ways, the best Hellboy out there. Like, if you're going to read Hellboy, if you've watched the movies or whatever, or you're new to this uh, comic book tent, go pick up Hellboy and pick it up in Omnibus and read the really good stuff that started off with, you know, with the big mutant frogs and, and you know, Rasputin and all that other jazz. That, that's great stuff. Liz Sherman's in it. Abe Sapien's in it. It's good stuff. Yeah. And great, and great coloring. Uh, Dark Horse really did a nice job on the uh, the omnibus presentation as well there you go all right chad what's your recommendation this week well mine is the opposite end of the spectrum of the hellboy i'm going to your local toy aisle baby uh the story i'm going to recommend is mech strike monster hunters you see last year there was a story called avengers mech strike where all the avengers got giant mech suits there was a five-issue miniseries, and Kang was there, and it was ridiculous, and it was all kinds of fun. In the sequel, they still have those mech suits, but Doctor Doom has turned all the villains into monsters. So Stephen Strange busts out some weird uh, eye-looking thing, the Kraken's eye, and what does he do? Oh, forgive him. He turns the heroes into monsters, but not just regular monsters, monsters in mech suits. And it is ridiculous. Uh, it is still coming out as of the, uh, the time we are recording this, but you could probably track down the issues involved. Um, and like I said, there is a toy line out there as well. Of course there is. Crazy monster Loki and monster Dr. Doom. 
you know, just like Frankencastle, this isn't stuff to be taken too seriously, but that doesn't mean it's not a ton of fun for all ages, that sort of thing. But yeah, Mech Strike Monster Hunters, uh, is, it's worth checking out. Is it written by Jed McKay like uh, oh, Mech Strike was? This is uh, Christos Gage takes okay. over writing duties with Paco Diaz, who I think contributed to Frankencastle. Look at that tie in there. Yeah, I, I love Christos Gage. He did all that ROM stuff over at IDW. And didn't he do G.I. Joe Cobra with the Chuckles? Yeah. Yeah, I'd get that book just because he wrote it. So pick that up. In any case, another book that you can pick up, and it's not going along with either of the monster horror aspects of Halloween. It's actually the kind of sci-fi horror aspects of Halloween. And uh, it's a book that... People should go check out because they probably know about either the movie or the TV show, but they may not know that it was originally a comic series. And that is the original Snowpiercer, which was released in uh, France in 1982 under the name Le Trans Personnel. And it was uh, written by Jacques Loeb. And uh, with wonderful art by Jean-Marc Rocher. And again, it wasn't uh, translated into English until 2014 uh, by Titan Comics. And it was actually after the movie was released. But for all those folks that might know about Snowpiercer, again, it's still about the train that's running through the the snow. And everybody's on this train trying to survive a post-apocalyptic winter. Uh, But unlike the movie, it's... um, incredibly dark not even like any semblage that anybody is going to survive in this thing because there was this guy he he comes up from the the back cars where everybody's pretty much eating other people because they've been starved to death or whatever and he gets up to the middle cars and he's trying to make his way to the front cars where all the luxury cars are and he falls in love with this one girl i thought that winter world was a bleak series about post-apocalyptic winter. No, no, no. This original Snowpiercer series, that's the bleak winter. So if you want something as you're cuddling up on that uh, cool October night uh, and want something to just basically scare the bejesus out of you uh, with like viruses and gunplay and claustrophobic awfulness, you read Snowpiercer. It's got wonderful art. It's got good characterization. Just be prepared that it doesn't end well. And in fact, the series was supposed to end there. If that's how bleak it is, that's that's the end. Like, But it wasn't the end because they put out three more books. They did, well, four but Jock Lowe right? didn't write them. Like, and, yeah. and they didn't come out until way, way later. They didn't come out until like the years 1999 and 2000. So you're talking about like a decade plus that there wasn't a sequel to this series and it was written by somebody else. So yeah, this is Jock Loeb's vision. This is his vision of awfulness in the future and how like even people are trying to escape snow on a train. They're all going to die. They're all going to die. So yeah. But one thing that we hope doesn't die is your love for the last comic shop. So you should come back every single week, especially during the month of October, for more wonderful Halloween treats. Uh, more great comic books that are, have that Halloween event, and also Black Adam. 
because there's a movie coming out and that's what we got to do. But in any case, you can go out to www.lastcomicshoppodcast.com and you can rate, review, and subscribe. We don't have movies for you there, but we do have awesome YouTube videos that you can click on that link and check out anytime you want. You can also follow us on social media at Last Comic Shop on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, where we can find uh, weekly polls that we put up. You can find it, Golden Age covers uh, to help put you to bed at night. You can find what books we're buying at the local shops uh, and all that and more. And if you forget, you can always go back to home base to find us at www.lastcomicshoppodcast.com where they can find what else, J.A.? We've got links to our dungeon. I mean, merch store. <laughs> where we've got it this week. And all through the Halloween season, specials on our Halloween-themed Last Comic Shop t-shirt. That's right. It's the Last Comic Shop with the Bats in the Belfry. Everyone wants one. It looks great, especially if you get it on orange or black. Ooh, dark heather, yeah. maybe. The maroon looks pretty good because it kind of looks like that kind of blood red. It looks nice with the nice with the orange. That's, that's the one I have. What a maroon. <laughs> All right, and while we like selling Last Comic Shop merch, we don't want to be the Last Comic Shop, so we encourage everybody to find a shop near you where you could find things like Punisher, Frankencastle. If there's a volume one out there, just do that. Uh, you could find that. You could find the Hellboy Omnibus. You could look for Mech Strike Monster Hunters. Uh, or you could find Snowpiercer, potentially. If you can't find a shop near you, you can always use the Comic Shop Locator at www.comicshoplocator.com. But, uh, yeah, go buy stuff. Support your local comic shops. Yeah. And we hope that you support us by coming back next week. Until then, I was the host of the most, Andy Larson. I was joined by Chad Smith and J.A. Scott. And we hope that you stay safe, stay spooky. And remember, it's the Halloween season, so you should watch Halloween movies. Guys, recommendations for Halloween movies that people should watch right now. Oh, I got to go with the classic Exorcist. Oh, that is a good one. Uh, Elf, I'm already skipping a Christmas. <laughs> you know what? No, you have to watch the original Bride of Frankenstein, folks. That is my Halloween tradition. It is the best of the Universal Monster movies. I will go down swinging on that. You stay. We belong there. Shop was a 2022 Black Angus production.